When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Today on News 4 at 4. It's one of the most anticipated lists of the year. Consumer Reports' top new vehicle picks. Susan Hogan is working for you, showing you the safest, most reliable cars for your money. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Many kids in our area are back to in-person learning, and we are helping you keep them safe in the classroom. We're working for you. Small steps you can take at home to protect them at school and expert advice to ease anxiety for you and the kids. This week on News 4 Today on NBC4. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Marishka's in Crest Hill, family owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com and by... Rabbit Brewing. The time has come for you to drink mythological level craft ales. Visit the Southland legend, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome into the Mad Out Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago. It is time for us to talk about a winning Blackhawks bunch won their last game against Nashville. Been doing some better things of late. With me, as always, to discuss those things and much, much more, have some hockey frivolity in your life, is the one and only Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score. Jay, how's the pride and joy of Homewood, Illinois doing tonight? Oh, it's a good night. Got my Christmas lights up today uh got everything ready it's taken me forever so like the other days it's been nice i was sick so i didn't want to put my christmas lights up finally got a chance to do it today now that i'm on vacation and uh, it looks good i must say we had a lot of lights burn out this year but we got uh three strands of green and red and then my mom got me a really nice uh welcome or you're you're now in bedford falls sign for my front yard which is a it's a wonderful life reference if you've never seen that um one of my favorite movies ever not just christmas movie but movie in general so put that up i got a spotlight for it looks really good so it's been a good day it's been a good week Uh, my vacation began after monday's show on the score so i'm just kind of finishing up all the christmasy stuff and uh you know it's getting close christmas is huge when you're in a family as big as mine so Mm -hmm. just ramping up 
Jay Zawaski and his like 12 vacation days to end the year must be nice being a radio guy. Well, I get four weeks because I've been at the score so long. I've been there. This is I'm entering my 19th year. So <laughs> I got a lot of I got a lot of vacation time. I have to hit 10 years at NBC to get four weeks. And then that's a, that's where you max out. Yep. It? So that's true. That's, that's where I maxed out. Oh, man. What a wonderful world we live in. Yeah, well, let's get to the uh, the old puckaroo, shall we? By the way, this is going to be uh, James and I's last show until the NHL uh, break is over. So we'll be back with you uh, next week. We're going to take off Thursday and Friday for post games. This will be our uh, long podcast until the winter break starts over. Then we'll head full steam into the Winter Classic and everything after that. But we want to talk about uh, the last week that it, it's been for the Blackhawks and uh, – Boy, it's hard to forget that game against the Jets because it was just an absolute ass whipping. But the Hawks have taken five of the last eight possible points, and uh, I don't want to say they've looked good, but they've looked better. They've looked yeah. better than they've looked all year. So um, I don't know. I, I just uh, we said on our last full podcast, which was just Friday, um, you know, baby steps. Right? It seems like maybe there's some steps being taken forward. A little bit of improvement, uh, and I think for the most part we're seeing that 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 game the other night though. I'm not the Jets, the Sharks. What am I saying? I'm getting my uh, I'm I'm getting uh, West Side Story mixed up. Uh, Your things mixed up, man. <laughs> yeah, so they got destroyed by the Sharks. It was ugly as hell. But other than that, the, the game against Nashville, who were coming off a of back to back two back to back road games, I get that. So they were a little bit depleted. They're also super injured, but. You got to play the team that's on the ice, and the Hawks did that and played well. And I think Cam Ward uh, was awesome, at least for one night in uh, in in reserve at Corey Crawford. Yeah, and I think the thing with Cam Ward lately is that he's obviously been playing a lot better. Uh, he had been playing really well in a backup role, and now, unfortunately, uh, he's getting thrust back into the starter spot with the uh, another concussion for Corey Crawford. It's just we. We have not spoken since Corey Crawford was concussed in that San Jose game. And I, I was talking about it yesterday on CLTV sports feed that it's just, it's such a bummer that he worked his way all the way back from that concussion that he suffered last season was looking so good when he came back, just looked like he hadn't really even missed a step. And then to have another December mishap where he's probably going to miss an extended period of time. It's just, it's, it, it's kind of like cast a pall over the entire thing. You know, like we can talk all we want about like the strides, the teams are making forward on the ice. Some of the changes that Jeremy Colladin is making uh, some of the impacts that some of the young guys on this roster has have begun to make. And it's just, it's all kind of overshadowed right now, at least a little bit for me by the health of Corey Crawford and just what a bummer it is to see him go down again with a concussion. Yeah. And I think you, the entire building sort of felt it. And after the game, every Blackhawk was asked about it, right? Like, Oh, did you guys let down when Corey went down? They all to a man, they all said, no, 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 that didn't happen. It, it definitely happened. Uh, you know, any sort of playoffs hope you, any like slim playoff hopes you had, went out the window as soon as you saw him go down. Um, grabbed his head right away. And look, every con concussion is different. It doesn't mean that Corey Crawford's going to miss another, you know, eight months necessarily. But if you're Corey Crawford, you've got to seriously evaluate if you want to keep doing this. 
I mean, you've already won two Stanley Cups. You're on a team that's going nowhere. Um, you know, your deal's up after next year. But which team is going to give him enough money, given his injury history? Who's going to give him enough money to justify risking another major concussion and the, you know, the well-being of his future? He's got a kid, you know, like he's he's got stuff to think about. And, and I think that uh, obviously I'm not telling him what to do. But I, I, if I'm Corey Crawford, I think long and hard about ever playing the game again. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously a discussion that it kind of sucks to be having, but it absolutely needs to be had. I mean, is he willing to risk further injury? I mean, once you've had one concussion, obviously you become more susceptible to them, and they also generally become, you know, progressively worse, it seems, as you go along. And as we learn more about concussions, we kind of realize what the impacts that having these these successive concussions can have. And it's absolutely something like it sucks to have to talk about that instead of like him coming back and potentially playing again. And then the real question is whether he should play again. It just, ugh, it stinks to have this conversation, but it's one that Corey Crawford absolutely needs to have with himself. And frankly, whatever decision he ends up making, obviously I think fans of the team should 100% like get behind and support whether or not he ever sees the ice again. And it just, it once again, it stinks to be having this conversation again. Yeah, and, and I think we all sort of in the back of our minds feared every time we saw Crawford take a hit in the crease because uh, it happened a couple times this year before the injury happened against San Jose. Um, there were a couple instances where I was like, oh, God, is he going to get up? He took a couple pucks off the face. Um, so there were a couple uh, bullets dodged, you know, throughout the course of the season with Crawford. And I don't want to say it felt like a matter of time, but look, when you dealt with one as bad as he dealt with last year, um, I don't know. It, it, it does just feel like a matter of time. And uh, whatever he decides, I'm behind it. He, no one knows his body and his health better than he does. And I'm sure it's a decision he's taking very seriously. But I would just hate to see a guy who's meant so much to the city, um, you know, risk cutting his life short or his well-being short, um, you know, to get this team an extra couple wins when there's really nothing to accomplish this year. I, I think that uh, family and health is way more important than this game will ever be and uh hopefully you know Corey can with with a not to no pun intended but with a clear head make the right decision for him and his family uh yeah you're absolutely right about that i mean that's you can hope all you want that this concussion wasn't as serious i mean i get obviously that all concussions have a degree of seriousness but at at the end of the day he really does just need to look out for number one and also to look out for his family and honestly at a certain point like you said it's just it's a matter of whether or not continuing to play hockey and subject yourself to that is worth it and I hope that he has a very frank discussion both with himself and with his family and I hope that he doesn't like feel any pressure to come back like I know that obviously the Blackhawks aren't gonna you know be pressing him to try to get him to come back but I'm sure there's that competitive nature in him that he's not gonna want to go out like this but you would just hate to see a guy like kind of you know stay too long in the game and end up having to deal with all of the off-ice issues that he could potentially have to deal with throughout the the rest of his life yeah that would be an absolute shame but look uh, on the ice it is as terrible an injury as a team can suffer uh they don't really i mean i'm excited to see Kellen delia get a look but he's not Corey crawford cam ward the other day flat out said i'm not Corey crawford he kn- <laughs> he knows that he's not as good as crawford so 
Um, it's going to be a tough stretch here, and hopefully uh, James and I are sort of sensing the turnaround, not as far as like playoff run, but in terms of maybe we're not going to get smoked every single night anymore. Um, hopefully that coincides with uh, at least being competitive in games so it doesn't get too embarrassing. Uh, this is a really tough blow, and I know um, all Hawks fans, whether you were consider yourself a big Corey Crawford fan or not, everybody felt like crap when they saw that happen. So uh, let's take, take a break, come back. We'll get uh, deal with some of the on-the-ice stuff. There is plenty of that to get to as well. We have to talk about Henry Yokoharyu being lent to Finland. Not a big fan of that. I don't think James is as well. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsors, Triple Threat Sports. You got, a, you got a team. You got a softball team, hockey team. You need uniforms. Call Triple Threat, 708-478-6090. They will make you look like the best team on the ice, on the field, on the pitch, whatever, 708-478-6090. Chris at triplethreatsports.com. Send him an email. Triple Threat Sports, if you can wear it, they can make it. We'll be right back with more on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. If you look around, you'll see the world can be pretty smart. Okay, very smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart too. That's why we're reshaping online learning with our FlexPath format. You can set your own deadlines, take classes at your own pace, even leverage your previous experience to move faster. So when it comes to earning your bachelor's degree, you know what kind of choice to make. A smart one. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business could be a driving force to create change or build an empire. We know old ideas aren't cutting it anymore, so we're calling for a new generation of thinking, your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's up to us to make it happen. Start different at GoDaddy.com. Welcome back to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Jay Zawoski here with you. My partner James DeVoe is along for the ride as well. Want to thank our sponsor, Marishka's, out in Crest Hill, 604 Theater Street. They are family-owned and operated since 1933. You know them for the poor boys. We know them for the twice-baked potatoes, the giant onion rings, uh, the steaks, the chops, the seafood. Everything at Marishka's is outstanding, so go check them out. 604 Theater Street in Crest Hill. Uh, they are closed only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. Go to marishkas.com or visit facebook.com slash marishkas. That's M-E-R. I-C-H-K-A-S. A kind of interesting question that we have about Colin Delia and how he has played at the AHL level. Jay and I were discussing a bit off the air that he's actually had some really good numbers with the Rockford Icehogs this season. And it kind of leads me into a question that I want to kind of pose to Jay and to you guys. So, Jay, why don't you hit the good people at home with the information on Mr. Colin? Sure. Delia is 7-5-4 and four in Rockford with a 234 goals against, and he leads the American Hockey League with a 933 save percentage. So really strong numbers to me. The one of the of the standard goalie stats, save percentage is the one I look at because goals against, look, if you're on a bad team, that's tough. If they have a terrible penalty kill, that's tough, and it hurts you that way. Save percentage to me tells you 
how many of this obviously how many of the saves of the shots he's facing is he saving 933 is absolutely outstanding uh, i've liked what i've seen from delia in his short look here uh what i saw in, in training camp what i saw in the preseason um i don't know if he's their next like full-time starter i don't know if he's got number one potential i'm not saying he doesn't i truly don't know um this could be a good stretch to see uh what they what delia could be because look Corey crawford was in the hawks organization forever before he became the number one goalie goalies take a long time to develop so uh delia's had the benefit of being behind crawford and ward and you know uh and others in the past so um yeah i, th I i'm excited to see him get a look i hope look cowden has done a good job one of the things i've really enjoyed about jeremy cowden is the fact that he's putting these young players out in big situations out in big games out in big moments as opposed to just like oh you know the hawks are up a goal with two minutes left put seabrook and keith out there nope last game it was uh dahlstrom it was forsling those guys had to defend that lead that's the stuff that this season is all about and maybe delia will be playing against some tougher opponents just to see what he has just so we can get a feel for the true speed and what it takes to win in the NHL. All right, Jay, before we get to my big hot take question, I've got a trivia question for you. Which Blackhawks defenseman had the lowest amount of ice time in their last game against Nashville? I don't know this, but I'm going to say probably Brent Seabrook. You would be thinking correctly. He played 14 minutes and 58 seconds in their last game, which was two minutes behind the second lowest, which was Gustav Forsling, and he served a penalty in the game. So not a not a good night for Brent Seabrook in terms of ice time. Definitely got a bit of a night off from uh, Jeremy Colladin and company. And well, Duncan Keith actually did not have the highest ice time of a defenseman in that game. Do you know who did? I'm going to say... Boy, I would say Gustafson, maybe. Eric Gustafson actually only played 20 minutes and 13 seconds. The highest ice time belonged to Carl Dahlstrom. Wow. Had 22 minutes in the game. It was actually shocking to me that Duncan Keith was not the highest ice time guy. I don't know the last time that I looked at a box score and actually saw that. That was pretty crazy, but... Well, see, anyway, I, I like this, though. I like wh why. Why play those guys for 23 minutes? And I, what's the point? What are you yeah, trying to accomplish? Right. Like, it, it's not all you're doing is is keeping a young player on the bench when he could be learning on the job. That's the whole point. And look, as that game, the Nashville game was ending, uh, the uh, Preds took their time out. They showed the Hawks bench and Brent Seabrook was just sitting there. Just looking forward, he wasn't listening to Cowden draw up the play. He was just like, ah, "I'm done." He just—I'm not saying that as a criticism. What I'm saying is that he just knew that he wasn't going to get back on the ice and during that game. And and look, Brent, it's time that that's that's what he is now. He is not a reliable defenseman anymore. And you know, I've been critical of Duncan Keith because I've questioned his effort over the last handful of games here. I don't question Brent Seabrook's effort. I just question his effectiveness. And I think mm -hmm. that he is the guy who, uh, more than anyone, the age has just naturally caught up with him. And his best days are behind him. And now he's probably at best a four. And that's not who you want on the ice in crunch time, especially when you've got some young defensemen who have been playing well. So I whatever you want to say about Cowden, you don't like his system. He's been getting his ass kicked. All that's true. 
but I do like that he's letting young players get the chance to succeed or fail. Duncan Keith, by the way, also one of only three Blackhawks who did not have a shot on goal in that game. One of the other ones was Marcus Kruger, obviously got hurt last game. And then Brandon Perlini also did not have a shot. But kind of remarkable, a guy can play 21 minutes of ice time and not get a single shot on goal. But anyway, we'll, we'll stop living in the past here for a second. And instead, we will take a look toward the future with Colin Delia. And Jay, I'm going to pose a question to you that I've been pondering a lot the last couple of days after the news kind of broke about Corey Crawford and the Blackhawks made the decision to call uh, Delia up. The question I have is, do you want to give him like an extended look as your goaltender? Kind of ride him a bit, kind of use Cam Ward as your backup in the way that you were kind of intending to use him anyway. Give Delia some good NHL reps, get him some multiple games in a row so we can kind of get into a rhythm. Do you want to do that to kind of see what you have in him to see if maybe you do have the future number one goaltender on this roster right now? Or do you worry potentially that putting him behind this defense, which gives up a ton of shots and a ton of goals, do you worry about the damage that that could potentially do to a young goaltender psyche if he's giving up, you know, four or five goals every night behind one of the NHL's most porous defenses? I do worry about that. So, but, but at the same time, I do want to see him get playing time. So I think what you need to do is see how it goes, right? You got to see how his first full game. I think right now for the first week or two, I'd probably just treat him as a backup, give him, you know, uh, of the next 10 games, give him four, you know, and see how he handles it. And if he shows that he can play well and maybe steal a game here or there for you, then I think maybe you start to flip the roles a little bit and give Delia the bulk of the starts because, look, that's the point. The point is to see what you got here. Uh, Cam Ward will not be the goalie next year. That's probably for damn sure. So, um, you know, I, I think it is uh, – I, I like the idea just not right away. I'm just not ready to say, okay, kid, you're the starter. So give me 10 games. Let me see him get in three or four of those, see how he handles it. Then we, I can kind of reevaluate uh, that question at that point, I think. But I'm not opposed to it. Just I just think not yet. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. I think that at a certain point, uh, I, I'm not as worried about the mental aspect of it right now, simply because of where the expectation level is for the team. I think I think there's a recognition probably among the guys that obviously you want to go out and play well, but there's also this idea that what are you really going to lose if you end up getting your brain beaten in every so often. Are you really going to, you're not blowing playoff seating, obviously. So I think that like that maybe isn't as big of a deal as it would have been if they were still potentially in the uh, playoff hunt. And so I think that for me, I would probably leave that to the backseat. I think that your strategy of going with him as a backup for a week or two and then giving him maybe like a couple starts in a row just to see if like he can kind of get into a groove in the swing of things. I do think that that ultimately is the right idea. And I definitely think that the Blackhawks should do that. So I'd say that I'm not as worried about the potential, you know, mental aspect of it as I would have been had they been, you know, potentially in still a playoff hunt. Yeah, I do worry about the mental aspect, though, because I think, you know, a, like a goalie, and a pitch like a pitcher in baseball, like regardless of the stakes, if you're going out there and just getting rocked, or you're going out there and just getting lit up, that's going to matter and that's going to affect your confidence. Like, look, I 
played extremely low level roller hockey in a recreational league as a goalie. And when you had those games where um, you were giving up goals, you don't usually expect to give up. It just piles on and piles on and piles on. It just takes its toll on you mentally. And obviously these guys are more uh, intellectually sound than I was and emotionally sound than I was doing that. But I do think goalie is a confidence game. So I do worry a little bit about the, the mental aspect of it. Um, I think Delia can overcome it and be fine. I don't. I really don't think he's going to get destroyed. Everything I've seen from him so far tells me he'll be at least competent. He's at least. I think he's probably at this point an NHL backup, um, you know, level goalie. So um, I hope he does get an extended look. I hope he passes his first test and it shows that he's good enough to get a true test. Um, I'm here for it, but I do worry that if it does get really bad, I think Calhoun will have to pull back a little bit and uh, let him recover and get his confidence back. Because once you lose it, it can go away for a long time. Yeah, and I think the one thing we do need to keep in mind, too, is I do think that the Blackhawks called him up with the idea that he would get at least more than just like a glimpse at some point. I think that if they weren't going to give him this shot, if they were just going to use him every once in a while and use him as a backup full time, I'm pretty sure they would have rather brought up Anton Forsberg and had him do that. Oh, definitely. I'm glad you said that. I was about to say the same thing, actually. Right. If it was a plan to just like, okay, back up Cam Ward, Forsberg's the guy. I do think Dewey is going to play probably at least 40, 40, 45, 50% of the starts here, maybe more because of that reason. They have a guy who can just sit there and be a backup. They want Dewey playing. If he's not going to play half the games, what's the point of having him up here? Yeah, I agree. I I, I think that that's... uh, the fact that it's Delia and not Forsberg is, is kind of telling. And I do know there's the waiver situation, too. So that probably, probably plays a role. I don't know. Would it, Forsberg have to clear to come up or clear to go back down? I think he would have he to would clear have again to go to back go. down. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's another angle of it. But, again, uh, no one wants Anton Forsberg. Sorry. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just true. So it's not yeah, something I would sweat. He him the first time. Right, exactly. All right, let's take another timeout. When we come back, we'll talk about Henry Yokoharu. We will hand out our three stars of the week, and we will get to the email of the show. Uh, I want to tell you about our friends, of course, at Rabbit Brewing. The time has come, my friends, for you to drink mythological-level craft ales. Go visit the Southland legend Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. Awesome beers, awesome craft beers. One thing I love about Rabbit, I brought friends there who don't consider themselves craft beer drinkers. They're just kind of like, eh, give me a Coors Light, give me a Bud Light, whatever, and I'm happy. And that's fine. I have nights like that, too. But Rabbit's the kind of place you can bring someone like that, and they will find something they like. It's not intimidating. It's not just a a big pint glass full of hops that's going to make you cringe up. when you. I like hoppy beers. They're not for everybody. They're not. So there's other options at Rabbit aside from just hop-loaded beers. It's an awesome tap room. Chalk on the walls, draw body parts in the bathroom, whatever you want to do. Great atmosphere of family. The people at Rabbit are a certain kind of people. There are kind of people. So go out there in Homewood, visit Rabbit Brewing uh, on Brett's Drive, right behind the Home Depot on Halstead. And, uh, yeah, so let's take a time out. And with that, we'll, we'll talk about uh, Henry Yokoharu and some other stuff on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast on the worst transition to break ever. <laughs> 
hot flashes, irritability, intimate dryness, even unsatisfying sex. Hi, I'm Dr. Alyssa Dweck, a board-certified OBGYN who has spent over 20 years helping women just like you safely find relief from these very natural symptoms without having to resort to hormones. To help my patients feel their best, I recommend products from Bonafide Health. Bonafide is a women's health company dedicated to providing women with non-hormonal and clinically validated products that work. Bonafide provides safe and effective solutions to manage a range of menopausal, sexual health, and PMS-related symptoms. That's why I recommend Bonafide products to my patients every day. In fact, I am also a Bonafide medical advisor. What I like most is that Bonafide products provide women real relief without compromise. Ladies, don't waste another minute feeling less than your best. Go to HelloBonafide.com and use code RADIO39 to save 20%. That's HelloBonafide.com and code RADIO39. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Offer valid on subscription only. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. The three stars of the week are brought to you by our star real estate broker, Michael Elwood of Remax First Service, serving all your real estate needs in the Chicagoland area. 708-675-1600. That's right. The three stars of the week are brought to you by Michael Elwood, our star real estate broker with Remax First Service, 708-675-1600. Now, the three stars of the week We've been using a lot of the same guys here. We've had, you know, Dylan Strom a lot. We've had some other guys a lot. We're going to mix it up a little bit. If anyone had the same problem I had last night during the Nashville game where you did not have the video feed because of your streaming service, I use PlayStation View. I did not have it on Comcast Sportsnet or NBC Sports Chicago or NBC Sportsnet. Comcast wrote me today about this. They said the issue was uh, the NHL like double blacked it out by mistake and they acknowledged the error. So it was on Sony. So anyone with PlayStation View, that was a mistake. It won't happen next time. It sucks that it happened, but it shouldn't happen again. So with that in mind, if you listen to the game on the radio, like I did for the first half of the game, John Wideman was literally dying. I think he was on a gurney, laying there, IVs hooked up, ventilator i have never heard a human being sound so sick in my entire life john weideman was playing harder than anyone i've seen play hard in a long time so three third star of the week goes to john weideman for playing beyond hurt during last night's game he sounded terrible and that's a guy who deals with like a lot of sinus stuff anyway so when he gets sick it's really bad and he really toughed it out and all that considered did not miss a beat did not you know, shorten up his calls or take the easy way out. John Weideman went 100% as he always does, so he's my number three star. Did you catch any of the radio broadcasts last night, James? I catched a very – I caught a catch. Woo! Yeah. So good at it. Um, I caught a little <laughs> bit of it, and you are 100% correct. And what, as always, I came away with the just overwhelming feeling that he is just the consummate pro's pro – 
And you literally would have to wheel that guy out of the United Center on a gurney to get him off the call of a game. He is so good at what he does. One of the absolute best in the league. And last night, even playing hurt was still another example of just how true that is. All right. Number two star of the week goes to Eric Gustafson, who is continuing to score, who is uh, up towards the top in uh, points or I'm sorry, in minutes for the Blackhawks. Uh, he's really done a fine job over his last five games. He's got four points, including two goals. Uh, he is only a minus one, which is pretty good for the Blackhawks. Uh, so a pretty good run here for uh, Eric Gustafson. I like what I see from him lately. I, I think he's starting to turn that corner. And and again, I'm not. I, I I hate turning this into like a bagging on Quenville thing, but I think some of these guys who were borderline. Quenville guys like ah, he wasn't so sure or like we know Q sort of makes up his mind on people to get out from under that has to be kind of freeing to let these guys play their game I think Gustafson is one of the guys benefiting from that I think he is truly playing his game uh, he's offensive minded he's never going to be confused with Nick Lidstrom defensively by any means but you're seeing him being more steady being more reliable and contributing offensively uh, so Eric Gustafson number two star of the week and Number one star of the week, James mentioned it, the ice time leader from the game against the Nashville Predators, number 63, Carl Dahlstrom. (laughs) Man, Carl Dahlstrom, just ever since he kind of came into the mix here, has been just an incredibly good and solid top four guy. And I've really been liking everything that I've seen out of him so far. And obviously, Jeremy Colladin likes it a lot, too. I think that he's seen a lot of the good stuff that we have. He's been giving him a lot of ice time. And I think that we do need to, by the way, talk about Joel Quenville because he was in the news on Sunday Mm -hmm. while the Bears were clinching a division title. So I did want to bring that up. I didn't get a chance to talk about it uh, in a postgame show or anything, but Back to Colladin, I just I do appreciate the fact that he's giving Dahlstrom as long of an extended look as he is. And obviously, I have been super impressed with what I've seen from him on both ends of the ice. And it really does seem like he has the capability of being a really consistent performer. And I do hope that as they start to get some guys back, whether it's Henry Okaharu, who's currently on loan to Team Finland or the guys that are out with injuries or what have you, I hope that he continues to see very consistent ice time. Speaking of Henry Okaharu, we've gotten to the podcast this far without really delving into this decision by the Blackhawks. And and look, uh, you asked me this, I believe it was at the end of our last full podcast, how would I feel if the Hawks lent Yokoharu to Finland for the World Junior Championships? And I immediately said I don't like it. And before the decision was made, I actually thought about my response to you and why I didn't like it. And here's why. Not only do you run the risk of your most important prospect getting hurt, blowing an ACL, blowing out a knee, uh, suffering a, a huge concussion, I mean, God forbid, gets paralyzed, whatever, uh, not to get that dark, but you know what I mean. Yeah, oh, you're getting tense on I know, man. but like, but it's off your watch. And so the argument for it would be, well, you know what? He's going to appreciate it Uh, down the road. Maybe it pays off for the Hawks, like in a free agent negotiation. And in theory, that's great, right? Hey, your contract's up. Remember when we let you play in the World Junior Championships? Why don't you cut us a $500,000 deal, right? Come play, sign for a little less. 
That's fine and good and totally logical. Stan Bowman never pays under market value. Never, ever, (laughs) ever, ever. No matter how much we've heard about how happy everybody is to be a Blackhawk, not one damn person has taken a hometown discount. Aside from Marcus Kruger, who was then given probably double what he was worth as a thank you for taking a discount in the first place. Stan Bowman is not a discount guy. He doesn't even ask. So there's no benefit to saying to Henry Okaharu, okay, we're going to throw you this bone, but remember this when your deal's up. Remember we did this for you. I love that idea in a lost season, but Bowman is not the kind of guy who's going to cash in that chip. He never, ever, ever gets a discount from anybody. Well, we after, when we talked about it, I think the way I had actually framed the question was first, do you think they will? And we both kind of expressed some skepticism that they would actually allow uh, Yokoharu to go play. But then like the question turns to should they and what would you think of it? And I initially was kind of skeptical about it, too. I definitely thought of all the injury concerns and everything that's going on with that. But then as I thought about it more, the more I realized that this could be a really good opportunity for Yokoharu to make some strides both in his game because he's going to get top two minutes, obviously, for Team Finland, play a ton, play in a ton of different scenarios, and then more importantly, like get a little bit of a mental boost too, I think, playing against guys who aren't NHL-level talents. I know there's obviously a lot of really good prospects that are going to be playing in this tournament, but I think that that combined thing of getting to represent your country and potentially getting to play against arguably inferior talent, I think that that's going to give him a really solid mental boost that in a lost season when the Blackhawks have absolutely no prayer at all of making the postseason, I think that that could ultimately be a really good thing for him. And obviously there's going to be risk that he's going to get hurt. But don't you think, Jay, that there's even more of a risk that he could potentially get hurt playing at NHL speed against the size and the strength of the guys that he's playing right now? Isn't there about an equal amount of risk to doing that than to playing against guys that I believe are probably inferior to him talent-wise? Maybe, but what's also inferior are the doctors and the trainers and the, you know what I mean? Like, I I just, I get what you're saying, and I do think there will be a confidence boost that comes with this because, I mean, look, he has been, over the course of this season so far, the Hawks' best defenseman, right? He's been the guy that, if you, you would say, who has played the best of the, you know, six, seven, eight defensemen the Hawks have used? I don't think there's any question it's been Henry Okaharu. Yes, there's been some down games and some down moments here and there that any young player is going to experience. But when I'm looking at what Duncan Keith has done over the last five, ten games, I think Yokoharu jumps over him there. So I get what you're saying, and I, I do think that he will kind of dominate in that tournament. And confidence matters to me. I get it. It's a thing. It's We literally just talked about it with Calendelia, so I don't want to be hypocritical. I just right. think when you weigh all those things, the injury factor to me is the main thing. That's what worries me the most. And again, if Bowman was going to use that chip later, that bargaining chip of, hey, remember, buddy, when you were 19 and you were our best defenseman and we were trying to hang on to the season, we let you go over here and do this. So remember that and and you know make it worth our while here. But he won't. Bowman just won't do that. So I'm not furious about it. My blood's not boiling. I'm actually happy for Yokoharu that he gets to do it personally. I just think as a Hawks fan, as a Hawks observer, 
I'd rather just have him wearing the red, white, and black for the foreseeable future under the care of their doctors and their trainers and, uh, you know, putting playing minutes and putting miles on his body for the Blackhawks and not Finland. Lose for Hughes. That's all I have to say about letting your best defenseman go and play for Team Finland in the World Junior Championship. Anyway, aside from <laughs> jokes about tanking, I did want to ask you one more quick thing before we get to the email of the show. I wanted to ask you about those reports that had emerged the other day when Joel Quenville was apparently one of the guys they thought he was going to get hired as the coach of the Philadelphia Flyers when they fired Dave Haxtall. And I was curious... Were you surprised when that report came out? And now that it obviously is not going to come to fruition now, do you think that he gets a coaching gig this year? Or does he just wait till the offseason and collect his money and ski in the meantime? I'm not going to believe he's not the coach of the Flyers until the holiday breaks over. I think that um, they're just, I think they're waiting to hire Q. Uh, I think they're just going to hire him as soon as the Christmas breaks over just because he probably just wants to spend a little bit of time with the family still. The Flyers are not – nothing's going to change for them this season um, with Q or not a week earlier. I think that that's what's going to happen. If that doesn't happen, I think he just does take the rest of the season off. I think so, for sure. I, I just uh, – I still think it's going to happen. So you think Philly or bust? That's kind of where you're at right now? This year. For this year, yeah. I do. Okay. Um, By the I, way, I don't have any inside information on that. That's just tr- truly my opinion. I was actually kind of surprised that he was going to take the Flyers job when that uh, report came out. Not because, like, obviously Philly's a great place to, you know, coach hockey. It's a really good hockey market. They do have one of the better farm systems in the NHL from what I've been obviously reading on some of my prospect sites and stuff. But I was just I thought it was interesting that with the holes in the issues that that roster has, I thought it was really interesting that that would have ended up being the landing spot for him. So I, I, I think that my stance right now is I do think that the Flyers intend to let their current interim coach take them through the rest of the season. And I think that Joel Quenville just kind of evaluates the scene after that. I think that taking the rest of the year off would probably be a smart idea for him would probably give him an opportunity honestly with another team to potentially get on with a really good organization that's on the up and up and just needs kind of that coach to push him over the edge a little bit so to speak I just don't think the Flyers are that team so well there is a huge part of the Flyers that you are not thinking of and you've talked about their prospects you've talked about their current roster Joel Quenville would get the opportunity to be teammates with Gritty. Oh, God, yes. Did you see the video the other day of him beating up Santa Claus? <laughs> well, it is Philly. Good stuff, man. I, <laughs> Gritty beating up Santa was just the epitome of Philadelphia. I believe Joel also has a front office connection there. If I recall correctly, I believe it's either their GM or one of the executives of the team actually gave Joel one of his first coaching opportunities. So there is some connection there in Philly that I think it would make sense that he'd maybe want to work with a guy that he's worked with before. I feel bad not knowing the name off the top of my head, but I seem to recall having seen that in kind of the whole swirl of things that were going on on Sunday, literally as the bears were clinching the NFC North, the, all of this Joel Quenville stuff started to really percolate and come out. So I think that 
ultimately he ends up waiting until the end of the season. Maybe, but you only get one chance to work with Gritty. I'm just saying. You turn As, your back on Gritty and, and it's over with him. He's, he's got a long memory. Well, he could end up being the uh, new uh, – the new snowman's ass or whatever it is. The Joe Quenville <laughs> McPeople yes. kiss at his ski lodge. You're right. Maybe it could be Gritty's ass. All right. You ready for the email of the show? It depends. Is it Gingenberger again? Oh, no, hell no. Okay, good. Then I'm ready. Email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com or follow them on Twitter at madhousepod. Email the show, as always, brought to you by our friends at Chuck's Southern Coverage Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. The barbecue, the Cajun, the Mexican, the American Fair, as I call it. Everything at Chuck's is awesome. The 120 Beer Club, if you like beer, you like all different kinds of beers. You want to try every beer that's ever been brewed in the history of the world. Chuck's is a place to go. Awesome beer selection. The food is great. The beer is great. The atmosphere is great. Go visit our friends at Chuck's Southern Coverage Cafe, Burbank, Darien, Chuck's Cafe. Do it. Email the show comes from Palatine Puckhead, if that is your real name, Palatine Puckhead. It's on his driver's license. He says, I don't want to sound like a hockey meathead. Well, Okay. Well, that's never a good start. <laughs> but what do you think of the Blackhawks' lack of response to, quote, dirty plays? When Evander Kane pushed Strom into Corey, you, seeing your goalie leave the game less than a year after a serious head injury, shouldn't someone have answered the bell? Same for last night, Hartman hitting Kruger, no response. I heard Troy Murray on the radio last night versus Nashville stop short of saying someone needed to do something. Do the Blackhawks have anyone who can play this role? He asked John Hayden, do the Blackhawks need a player to play this role? Thanks, Palatine Puckhead. Um, look, they've not had this kind of player before because, well, I mean, they've had Carcillo, they've had Bolig, they've had Jamal Mayers, they've had some guys that played physically, and if the need was there, they would drop the gloves. Brandon Manning is supposed to be that guy, but he's right. not playing. John Hayden has tried to be that guy. You're right. Troy Murray was livid. And he, when he, uh, Palatine Puck had said he stopped short of saying something had to be done. I think he was trying to be professional, but he was not hiding his feelings that something needed to be done. John Hayden was the intermission guest after that hit on Kruger. And you could tell, I think Chris Bowden actually said to Troy Murray, like, I could tell you wanted to ask Hayden about that, but didn't. And Troy just sort of hesitated and was like, mm-hmm. You know, like, look, Troy Murray is a guy, if, if you don't know, uh, Calder Trophy winning forward, uh, g- great penalty killer, good scorer, really, really good player for a long time. And he comes from that old school, that 80s and 90s style of hockey where, look, if you take liberties with a teammate of his, you're going to have to answer for it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I have been... Uh, not a fan of fighting in the game for a long time because I think it doesn't accomplish anything aside from hitting people and screwing people up. But look, if someone's going to run your goalie, give them a face wash, grab them, shove them, check them, cross-check right. them, whatever. There's got to be something. And there was nothing when Corey Crawford got hurt. No one batted an eye when Evander Kane, a guy with a history, took a run, an intentional run, no less, at your star goaltender. No one did a damn thing. And then Ryan Hartman did it Last night, knowing, because he was on this team before, knowing that no one would do a damn thing if he elbowed Marcus Kruger in the face, that's what he did. Hartman was right. There was no response to that either. 
the Blackhawks viewed it as a hockey play. They asked him about it afterward, and they thought that it was just kind of an unfortunate circumstance. I am not quite so benevolent and understanding. I think Evander Kane is a word I can't say in a podcast because I don't want to get bleeped. And personally, I would not have been upset to have seen them go after him. However, the one thing I will say about it in this This is to the Blackhawks. Just I completely understand this is that seeing your goaltender lying on the ice like that, especially knowing everything that he's gone through. I can kind of understand that being kind of a deflating moment where in the moment you're not really going to go after Evander Kane because you're too worried about your goaltender. But at some point later in the game, you've got to kick that guy's ass or at least try to, because I don't care whether it was a hockey play or whether it was inadvertent or not. I am so sick and tired of watching NHL players shove other guys into goaltenders who really don't have any way to defend themselves. And I'm just, I'm sick of it. It's not dirty. It's stupid. And I'm tired of it. And I definitely wanted to see somebody go after Evander Kane later, not in the the moment I understood, but later on, definitely. And I think in the situation with Ryan Hartman hitting Marcus Kruger, that situation, I think you just go after him. Like, I think that, I'm sick of seeing guys take cheap shot runs at guys. I definitely did not like that hit by Ryan Hartman. I thought it was crap, and I was very upset with that, and I thought that the Blackhawks just showed no fight after that, and that was really annoying. And I'm with you where the face punching is kind of silly, and you know, we having a fight just to have a fight I'm never in favor of, but in those kinds of instances, I would like to see a little bit more backbone from this Blackhawks team. Troy Murray brought this up, too. The Red Wings, the Scotty Bowman Red Wings, would always get pushed around. People would take liberties with them because they were ultra-talented, and they felt it was the only thing they could do was try to maim the Red Wings to keep up with them. That happened to the Dynasty Hawks, too. And in theory, they would say, you want to take a penalty against us? You're going to give us a power play. And if you want to do that, more power to you. And the Red Wings had a damn good power play. So teams just were like, screw it. We're going to hit this guy. Go on a penalty kill. They're going to score. We're going to be down 3 nothing before we know it. Yeah. Now that this team does not have that talent, they need to change the way they respond. Yeah. Because no you have two stuff. Yeah. yeah. You have two of your most important players. And look, I know people don't love Marcus Kruger, but he's a stalwart. He's a penalty killer. He, he's a guy that can play in uh, varying roles in a pinch. Marcus Kruger is a, a good guy to have on your team. He's a two-time cup winner. And to see him... Take an elbow in the face with no response from anybody, uh, one of your veteran leaders, that's a problem. That's yeah. a huge problem for me. I, I hated it. It pissed me off. And look, again, it's one thing if you're really talented and you're just going to take your chances on the power play. That's all fine and good. But to just stand there idly while key players in your team are getting abused, that's ridiculous. And I, and I do think something needs to change. I don't know if it's an organizational thing. I don't know what the deal is, but uh, Kaladin strikes me as a guy who sort of comes from that old school a little bit. Um, I don't know. I just, there's got to be more. There's got to be some sort of answer. Again, we're not saying, you know, uh, slew foot the guy or drop the gloves and beat the hell out of him. We're saying get in someone's face, check them, push them against the boards, face wash them, whatever. Just send the message that, look, that crap will not stand. If you do something like that, there will be a response. That's it. That's all it takes. Yeah. And it, and we said this back in the day with, like, you know, if one guy hesitates on a hit, then it works. 
right? You know what I mean? Like, if, like let's think of it this way: if before Rafi Torres ran Marion Hosa, and what was that? 2012, 2011, 2012. Yeah, yeah. If 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 he had one one second of hesitation to make that hit, maybe he doesn't make it, right? Maybe that's not. Maybe he says, you know what? If I do this, I'm gonna have to answer for this. So I'm, I'm just gonna. I'll get him next time. Right? I don't think Rafi Torres ever thought that far ahead on anything in his life. Well, I know, but the bigger point is, like, guy as deterrent, it's not even a guy, though. See, it used to be a guy. Like, they have Bob Probert. They have Ty Domi, so you can't do that. Now it's, look, if we do something, someone's going to be in my face. And you know who's been doing it lately? Dylan Strom. That's been the guy. Yeah. He's, he's come from another organization where that crap doesn't fly. You know, he comes from, how sad is it that a guy comes from the Coyotes to the Blackhawks and responds more correctly when one of the best players gets run? He got in the face of Dustin Bufflin twice in that game against the Jets last week. Twice. Yeah. I just, I again, like, I don't, I do not condone fighting for the sake of fighting. I think that it's, you know, obviously silly and meaningless, and we understand all of the health ramifications that go into that of getting repeatedly punched in the head. Obviously, we were just talking about Corey Crawford and Marcus Kruger both going down with concussions, but the fact of the matter is that there was just no real response to what Ryan Hartman did. And I know that the NHL obviously wants to kind of start getting rid of fighting. Why don't you start calling some damn penalties? on hits like that and try to deter guys that way. Ryan Hartman didn't even get a two minute minor for that hit, which was insane to me. Like I know the NHL, you want to legislate fighting out of the game. Fine. Actually grow some balls and actually do something about it or else the players are going to have to kind of do it on their own. And apparently the Blackhawks just don't have that guy right now. That's willing to go out there and rough up a Ryan Hartman or frankly punch an Evander Kane in the, chest or something i don't know just sit show me something man before we go want to remind you about our event with the chicago wolves february 24th 20 bucks gets you a ticket parking hot dog soda madhouse podcast t-shirt chicago wolves swag and a pregame meet and greet with the wolves brass 20 bucks madhousepod.com slash events come hang out with us this will definitely sell out so don't wait too long or you'll be outside looking in you'll be seeing us in our fabulous Madhouse podcast section, waving to you from a distance as you just long to be hanging out with James and I and Ginge and Ponytail Dave and all those people. Do they really want to hang out with Ginge? Of course not, but we're just trying to sell tickets here. Come on. Fair enough. Yeah. Madhousepod.com slash events. Come join us at the Wolves game. Uh, 20 bucks for all that jazz. All right. Thanks to our sponsors, Triple Threat Sports, for all your team outfitting needs. Call Chris. 708-478-6090 Mariska's and Crest Hill family owned and operated since 1933 Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien visit chuckscafe.com Rabbit Brewing the time has come for you to drink mythological level craft ales visit the Southland legend Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois and of course our star real estate agent Michael Elwood with Remax First Service 708-675-1600 find your dream home with Michael Elwood of Remax First Service serving the Chicagoland area. We will talk to you next time on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.
At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business every day are nothing short of heroic. And you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. Like the breaking ground on new construction things, the every box and barcode matters things, and the driving the family business forward things. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you. To make sure millions of people are getting paid on time and in compliance, ADP is staying on top of each new piece of legislation. So when it comes down to it, ADP isn't just a payroll and HR company. We're the company that helps you navigate complexity. Learn more at ADP.com.